What up, Chicago? This is Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn of Me podcast, episode 311. What up, what up, what up? I hope you are all doing well today on this wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Uh, I am re-recording this episode because the last one I didn't like. I was rambly because a whole bunch of things were going on and I was trying to focus and I couldn't do it. So I'm re-recording the whole show. If you want to see the pre-version of 311, uh, you can check it out on the Twitch uh, VODs that we have up on our channel. So you can go to twitch.tv slash me and check that out and see where I botched it and how it's different. So it's like these uh, those old school games where you get to look at the whole screen and you're like, all right, so that different spot, the difference is going to be what it's going to wind up being for episode 311 on Twitch. But this is going to be the real joint and I'm excited and happy to have you all here. If you did not listen to uh, 310 of our show where we had the amazing uh, Taylor of Taylor Marketing for Creators, uh, you missed out on a wonderful show, dope episode that you got a chance to hang out and talk to him about so many wonderful things and talk about, you know, if you are looking to build your media empire, if you're looking to, as I am, be the Tyler Perry of ASMR and of the gaming spaces, um, you will be able to learn some wonderful tidbits from him about how you can start to do some of that process and get better at marketing your stuff and getting more information out into the world. Uh, about what you do in really smart ways. So huge thank you to Taylor uh, for coming through last week because I learned a bunch. Uh, you know, I've put into action some of the things that he has shared with me of late, um, and it seems to be kind of at least starting or sparking the the process for getting better. Um, because hey, we've been doing this for almost six years, and there's always ways to get better at showcasing and sharing out your work, and also kind of. You know, learning about the process because the process is constantly and consistently changing too. So it's the thing that you have to be ahead of the curve and make sure that you're paying attention to things. And um, it, again, like going to check out his work on Twitch uh, is paramount. You must must be doing that. Make sure that you are checking out and following his work as well. But this week uh, we have a couple of stories out in the world. Um, there's some Really cool stuff that's happening in the space. And I feel like now's a great time uh, as ever, because this month has been madness. It has been a very, very busy uh, couple of weeks. I think the past six months have been the busiest I've been in terms of creating content. Um, and I'm still behind, quote unquote, I'm throwing up air quotes, still behind uh, on getting some stuff out into the world in good ways. And I'm trying to figure out good ways to <laughs> to fill those gaps. but. It's it's amazing just how busy things are um, here in Chicago and also in so many other places, places and avenues in which we which we dwell. Um, one of the big main stories, though, has been uh, around streamers moving platforms. So I, we got to talk about it this week because um, as of me re-recording this episode, another huge streamer has just moved from Twitch to Mixer. Um, last week, the, the big story was about Shroud, who, if you're familiar with his work, you understand um, just how big that that streamer is in the space. Shroud has for a very long time been kind of the deemed the master of the headshot. Uh, you know, he has been one of the best kind of most talented uh, first person shooter players on the planet. He's always been known for his like amazing reflexes and his ability to get kills. Uh, while playing first-person shooter games and how that has translated to him having a huge audience on Twitch over the years uh, has been really cool to see. Um, and just like Ninja, he has decided to take his talents 
not to South Beach, but to uh, <laughs> Seattle, basically, to go to uh, Mixer uh, and go perform over there. So it's it's been really interesting to see, you know, the conversation around folks like Shroud move over um, and to see folks in that space like uh, Ninja and now Shroud, Shroud, I'm sorry, make that move. Um, and it's interesting because of a bunch of different things where alongside shroud moving over last week today, as of Sunday, the 27th, uh, King Gathalion, who is a huge destiny streamer has also announced his moving over to, to Twitch. I mean, to, to mixer, I'm sorry. And the conversation that I'm hearing is multi-layered and multi, multi, uh, directional, right? So it's like. One, you have this really interesting space where it feels a little bit like the Wild West. Like it feels like the All Star game right now, where, you know, last year they had the pick 'em version of the All Star game where the two captains kind of picked the people that they want to be on their platform or be on their streams or be on their teams, I should say. Mixer and Twitch have now kind of figured out uh, that this is possibly going to be another direction that things are moving. And we see that Mixer has been really, um, pressing the issue by snatching up people who I don't know for what their particular reasons for leaving have been. I don't know if it's because uh, they've been feeling like they're getting stagnant. I don't know if it feels like they're not getting um, the right things they need from, from the particular platform that they're on. We did hear um, some conversations from Ninja's wife, who was also his manager a couple of weeks ago, talk about basically how Ninja didn't leave Twitch. Twitch basically lost ninja to mixer because they weren't paying attention to their needs and what they wanted to do and you know tried to figure out and have negotiations and talks about things but they never panned out so trout who's in the space now um having moved over and decided to leave like who knows what that decision also entails like of course we know that mixer is must be throwing good amounts of money at people um, it wouldn't make sense for Ninja to move over if he wasn't going to get a huge bag off of that. Uh, Shroud, you know, figuring about like how he's going to make his next moves because he's a little bit older in the space. Like, I feel like folks who are streaming or have been streaming past five years are all looking for an exit strategy, right? And the exit strategy for most streamers is to either, you know, figure out a way to get a media deal Either then you kind of move over into the commentator space if you're in a, in a place that's more competitive or you're trying to figure out ways that you can get as much dough as soon as you can so that you can build that into other forms of content or other places that you'd be able to do some of that work. The interesting space is that we haven't seen anyone really make that move in a good way besides big sponsorships, right? Sponsorships have been the lifeblood of most streamers once you get to a certain level. And that is where you make most of your money is either that or through appearances uh, and stuff like that. Or you do sign deals with, you know, again, companies who are, you know, either represent your brand or just represent money. Um, we'll see what happens with Shroud. I don't really know what's happened with Ninja besides the other deals that he's done. And if the growth on that side of the fence is the same or if it's grown, I don't even think at that level it really matters because you've made you you've done your sign deal like you've done the deal where you've made the most money and then everything else is just re-upping on 
the subs that you've already had or the ones you've gotten in case of a big influx of people coming into the space. So we'll see what happens with Shroud. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see. The, the move with Gathalion moving over is actually really the most interesting one I've seen so far. Um, because with the new version of Guardian Con that they're going to be doing, I forget the name of it. Sorry about that, T-Rex and crew. Um, but the new version of Guardian Con, which again, if, you, if you're familiar with the, or a part of the Destiny community, you know Gathalion is a huge Destiny streamer. He was kind of there on the ground floor once they started to get into the space. And he's grown his channel to really fantastic numbers over the over the years, you know, jumping off that game. That was the, the kind of springboard that got him into that space. Now, with him joining Mixer alongside, I am sure, his brethren who he streams with often and raids with often, you know, Professor Broman, T-Rex, uh, some other cats in that space who all help to run uh that that uh destiny conference uh, destiny con um it is going to be really interesting to see how microsoft positions itself alongside that con alongside destiny in that way with this group of streamers because i have a feeling bro man and t-rex will probably jump ship too it just kind of makes sense um why would you stay at this point because you all have pretty big audiences who care about you really a, a whole bunch. And like Gathalion said earlier in his announcement that, Hey, he gets to have input on the, on the, on the platform and input, hopefully probably connected to, you know, the, you know, Scarlet coming out and some of that stuff, not real input of like what's going to happen in terms of marketing, but I am sure that he shroud ninja are all going to be people. You're going to see pimping out Scarlet's, uh during that launch guardian uh, i'm sorry not guardian con i need to find out what the name of guardian con is to to, to not keep calling it guardian con um but it, it'll be definitely one of the things that's going to propel um their conference into whatever it's supposed to be next um, I would, I would not be surprised if there's a whole bunch of Xbox stuff that's going to be happening. Microsoft stuff that's going to be happening at that conference. It just makes sense. Um, it would be, it's a really smart, um, business opportunity for them. I'm sure, you know, Lupo can't do it yet, but he's been a huge part of it's called GCX. I'm sorry. So it's now GCX, not guarding con, but it'd be a huge part of the way that GCX maneuvers in the future. So it will be interesting to see one again, what the main players who have moved over to the new platform or to mixer, I should say are going to do over there in terms of if they change the streams at all, if they do anything that's very different. And also it will be really interesting to see what, uh, Microsoft does with those folks now that they've kind of baked them into the way that they're probably going to be talking about and probably going to be, uh, monetizing and, and, and marketing what they're going to be doing over at Mixer. Um, one of the other angles of that that I think is going to be really interesting in terms of the now Mixer versus Twitch conversation is going to be um, one, if Mixer doubles down on 
on Mixer. I'm sorry, if if Xbox doubles down on Mixer in a way where one of the major issues that we've seen in terms of growth has been um, people who love to stream for their consoles. Like not everybody has a PC to stream the games that they want to stream. It has been very difficult and it's very expensive if you want to try to try to get into the streaming game in a real way. Yes, both consoles have ways that you're able to stream directly from those consoles, but they're not pretty. They don't mimic and they don't look like streams that you would see on PC. They just don't. There's no way to do overlays. There's no none of that way, none of that stuff that you are able to do from the cloud. And not directly from the consoles themselves. Except if you are on Mixer and you have a Mixer Pro account and you use Lightstream, which you can then throw your overlays up in the cloud and then you'll be able to use it and pull it down while you uh stream. I've not watched a lot of Mixer streams where that has been the the workflow, but I am super intrigued at the, the at the fact that you'd be able to do that work from your living room on your console, especially if it's a Scarlet console. Looking forward, that'll stream supposedly again in 4K 60 um, out to their streams. That's going to be a real interesting thing. I think that would be a game changer for mixer streamers in a big way because we don't know yet how again mixer is thinking about boosting up smaller streamers we don't know how uh mixer has been at least i am not aware of how the conversation sounds from from working and being on that platform for a long time i'm sure a lot of people love it and a lot of people are staying and now they see that all these big names are coming this may be the the impetus for them for to them to kind of push hard about getting what they need on that platform but I don't know what a smaller streamer feels like on that platform currently. Who knows? If you are a, a mixer streamer and you're streaming on that on that platform, and you know you have lots of thoughts, I would love for you to tell me because I'm really curious to hear. You know who are the big names that are getting pushed right now? And one of the things I'm going to talk about in a second. You know, are there uh, marginalized folks getting love on that platform? You know, what's the you know, uh, TOS look like over there. I've seen conversations around it and it being really good in terms of how they have squashed um, bad actors on that platform as opposed to how Twitch has kind of dropped the ball. But, you know, I need to know from a nuts and bolts kind of perspective, like if you're really feeling like the words that they're saying are actually being implemented in real way. So if you have, you know, thoughts about that stuff, please tweet at me. I would love to hear more of that conversation. Um, the second side of that conversation and part of that uh, uh, discussion is what is Twitch going to do when it comes to the next steps here, right? We've seen Twitch have, you know, massive numbers all the time. Uh, you know, if you want to think about them probably being on a downturn, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I feel like right now the conversation is really, is really interesting, but I, and, and kind of engrossing, but it doesn't, I don't know if it's actually hitting the numbers uh, that we think of when we talk about a decline, right? They still have some of the biggest streamers on the platform. From what I can tell, they're still growing. It doesn't feel like the sky is falling, but it does feel like, at least from on my timeline and from my social media circles, that everyone is kind of prairie dogging their heads right now. They're like, yo, what is happening right now? Like, what? is going on in the space. Like it feels like things are shifting, but I don't know if the numbers play that out. Cause if you think about it, there's really three big streamers that have made that jump. I would say four with active bunny foo foo shout out to active bunny foo foo. Um, 
because he moved over before everybody else moved over like a year and some change beforehand. Um, but nobody talks about him. Uh, so I wonder again, what Twitch is going to wind up doing as their next move. I've been saying for the past week that they need to push more POC streamers. I, 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 feel, I absolutely feel like there's content that's been left on the table and ideas that have been left on the table and people who have not been kind of poked at and, and tapped yet to be the next, you know, push that they've gotten from the platform. Um, I wish that that was us in some ways, but I don't stream as much as I need to, to, to even be in the conversation. But there are, there are a bunch of people I know who are in that space, folks over in the gaming Illuminati spaces, a lot of the folks that are in the cookout spaces, uh, a lot of folks who are in the Black Rock Gamers uh, 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 space, and I need diverse game space, who have all been these groups of black and brown streamers who have been doing fantastic work um, and have been pushing for a long time. You know, Black Oni, uh, um, uh, DJ, DJ Tech, uh, Procasadia, like uh, all those folks who are in that space who I know, who have been seeing stream for a long time, Nomad, all those folks have been doing great work over the past couple of years, but we haven't seen any real pushes and any real spaces that have been like set aside for them to really grow and to prosper. Um, on the mixer side, we've seen, and I saw JG, the Don, who's also part of the uh, gaming Illuminati talk about the Xbox side of that again, where he was like, Hey, we've seen you all kind of push the, the, you know, blacks and Xbox, angle and talk about that in a real way there's a website for it hell spawn on me is on it you know there's like three or four pictures of spawn on me related stuff that's within a couple of their couple of their uh websites that are xbox related that are microsoft related um and you know we want to build some of that stuff out with you know whomever we're, we're, we're able to build that stuff out with we're still working on that angle with twitch uh we would love to see how that would look at look look from a mixer perspective if if the if the ideas are right you know what i mean but i think that twitch has this the time and space to really do some of that work in a good way it's just really going to depend on how they actually angle some of that stuff towards um boosting those folks and giving those people the space they need to do it and it was funny i had somebody jump into my dms the other night or I'm sorry, not the other night, this morning, uh, right before I re-recorded this, and they were like, hey, who are some of the biggest black streamers that you know right now? And I guess that they were asking because they were like, if somebody black was to make the jump, who would it be? And, and, and basically, would the internet care? Um, there's only a couple folks that I can think of. Um, Daquan over at TSM. Uh, Myth, who is probably the biggest black streamer right now that we, could, that we would see. I think he's mixed with, I think he's, well, no, he's, he's black. Um, uh, King Richard, who's one of the top Fortnite players in the space. Uh, so there aren't a lot of huge names. And of course, I think that that is based on lots of different reasons. I don't, I just don't think that Twitch has actually really pushed, you know, black streamers at all in a real way in a big, in a big way besides myth of late. And that's only because of Fortnite. Uh, I mean, because Fortnite was the thing that got myth kind of put, put on. Uh, but it will be, I'm, I'm really just wondering how that's going to look and when, when it's going to start to be like the red alert has started to happen on the Twitch side of things where we're like, yo, we're bleeding out right now of big name talent. Like, I think if, 
I think if Dr. Disrespect moved over, sadly, that would be the thing that would kick Twitch in the ass and say, yo, it's time to kind of move on this stuff. Uh, we have to figure out a way to stop the bleeding. But I don't, again, like know how they look at it. If they look at it as like, yo, these is, you know, this is talent and talent does what it does. And if they find a better spot, then, you know, bon voyage and, and have a good day. Uh, but I feel like they've put in enough work that they want to kind of make sure that they're getting some of the benefit from all the work and money and effort that they've put into marketing and pushing these people to the forefront. Um, and if they haven't done that stuff yet, then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, a really weird time for the platform. I feel like it may be the first time that we see Twitch kind of uh, really try to be a little bit more humble about their positioning. Um, and again, like, you know, one of the things I think people don't really pay attention to is that a lot of the firsts that we're seeing happen right now, like this whole kind of migration of big streamers to another platform or even the idea that, you know, like, hey, I need to dip off of here because someone else is offering up more money or more time or more press or more or more stuff is really new. Like even in terms of, you know, handing down punishments from the Twitch side, like Mixer has the benefit from watching Twitch botch it a couple of times over the years to say, we don't want to do that. We want these things to be better on our platform. So we will implement those things first. And it looks new to a lot of people. It looks like, oh, these cats are really on it and they understand it. And yes, they are because uh, they've been paying attention. But Twitch didn't have the benefit of and that platform didn't have the benefit of figuring it all out from the beginning. They had to mess up a couple of times and then readjust, mess up some more times and readjust. I mean, that's part of the, the, the deal when you're the, the top dog um, in the space for a long time is you get to be both the first where you get to, you know, get all the goodies that go along with being first and being the biggest. Um, and then you get all the, the blame when you when you when you screw it up. Uh, so. It will be a very telling time in the next year and a half to see who else goes, what their reasonings are, if we will ever understand and learn what those reasons may be. Um, it was very candid for uh, um, Ninja's wife to talk about those conversations. Uh, so we'll see what that moves like, what that moves around like, and, and, and what it sounds like, and what it looks like in a couple. In the months going out to 2019 into 2020 and then what happens in 2020 itself and seeing how that maneuvers uh, and kind of kind of moves along uh, the other thing i want to talk about is fallout 76 this year and just how they have botched it super hard by trying to add a subscription service to fallout 76 uh i am just confused and bewildered and dumbfounded at the fact that they have charged people or wanting to charge people for doing stuff in that game that should have been there on day one, you know, uh, specific storage units for your materials, which now I'm hearing has been bugged and people have been losing stuff. Um, they implemented NPCs in the world to make it more like, you know, fallout regular, uh, a couple of months ago, but they've kind of doubled down on that too. Um, I am like, I want to know who the people are who are still playing. And I want to know who the people are who are going to pay for this stuff. Cause Bethesda has like rocked really hard with, you know, we are the place to get these kinds of RPGs and this is the only spot to do it. And they have been failing their customers really hard for a long time. I am worrisome. It is worrisome to think that they are going to try to charge money and then try to charge you again. Once a new game comes out 
without having really been as contrite as possible. So uh, it will be something that I'm paying attention to from the industry and from the community to see how they react to it. And I'm sure by the looks and sounds from what I've seen on my feeds, everyone hates it. (laughs) No one is excited for it. No one is excited for the game. No one is excited for the possibility of them doing this subscription service. No one is excited at how they've gone about doing this work. Uh, and they are trying to do it for a hundred dollars for the year, which is madness. 13 bucks a month or a hundred bucks for the year, which again is madness. You get a private world, you private server, you get your scrap box, you get a, um, survival tent. So it's like basically like a placeable, uh, placeable like a spawn point you get some atoms which is their currency in an emote pack and you get uh, another uh piece of gear you get like an outfit all for a hundred for, for being a part of that membership plan that's nuts that's crazy the fact that they would do that and you still have to buy the base game so if you don't even have the base game you don't even get it with the subscription yo bethesda's walling out like I've not seen somebody try to G you for your money in this kind of way in a very long time. This is like, I don't, I don't know. This is, <laughs> I just, I'm just so confused at how they really think that people are going to do it. Like if you have paid into this thing, I am thoroughly confused at what you think you're going to wind up getting. Uh, because they haven't shown, they haven't given and they haven't given anyone any idea or any clue that they have been able to come through on promises that they have shared and said in terms of what they want to put out as a product. I don't know what's going to happen with their new game. I don't even know if I'm excited after playing Outer Worlds for a new Bethesda game at this point that even resembles one of the the Fallout uh, kinds of games because we'll be talking about it after the break, but Outer Worlds, and I've been saying this since I had that interview with those folks back in back in a couple months ago, and check out that content on, on our YouTube channel. But that Obsidian is killing it right now, and they've made a better Fallout game than the Fallout folks. I mean, they made Fallout originally, but still, like, they have made a way better game than what Bethesda is probably going to push out. Even whatever the new version of it is going to wind up being, like, I doubt, especially if they're using that same engine, if they're going to use that same engine, what that game is going to look like in a real way. So alongside them botching it super hard, you have 2K with WWE 20 just providing the worst experience that you can see in gaming right now in terms of putting out a $60 product that doesn't work. You've talked about putting out a patch in the next couple of weeks, but if you've watched any videos on any streams or anything online right now surrounding WWE 20, it is a madhouse right now. Characters falling through the mat falling through the world, people not being able to do moves, stuff just melting on screen. Again, like it's one of those conversations about why do you need to annualize a franchise if you you put out something like this that's this bad? Why do you need to continue to push out stuff really quickly when you can just wait? We've seen there have been so many conversations about delays. Watchdog is going to get a delay. Last of Us 2 is going to get a delay. Most of Bethesda, I mean, most of Ubisoft stuff is one of getting pushed back because of Breakpoint not doing well. It behooves you right now to wait and to push your stuff back because one, there's so many games coming out, and two, you can polish your thing out and then get really, really good receptions when the game comes out. 
It is the first time where I've told people like, yo, just hold it. You don't need to put it out. Why are you going to put it out? You can put it out if you want to. You'll make money. But if you wait and polish it up and it's really good, we've seen how the Internet has fallen in love with the outer worlds this week. And that's because Private Division and Obsidian, they took the time, the effort and the energy to wait and to, to put everything in a good spot so that when they dropped it, it was gold. And it's nasty right now. It's so dope to be able to play a game that is polished and well done and well thought out. And people have been paying, you know, giving it nothing but kudos everywhere. I've been able to see people talk about that thing. So 2K needs to figure out what they're going to do with their new franchise. I would love to see somebody else take their 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 WWE license from them right now and, and someone else use it. Um, and Bethesda. They, they like Todd Howard must just be sitting somewhere just like, yo, what did I do? Or somebody on that squad is just laughing their ass off and being like, we got him again. Got him. <laughs> somebody is definitely on the got him uh, tour right now uh, in Bethesda's real house. So I don't know uh, if you're having problems or if you paid into the membership for Fallout 76, please let us know once on social media or you know through our email. Uh, if you are playing WWE 2K20 and you have thoughts about it, I would definitely want to know about some of that stuff as well. Um, but for now, we're going to take a quick two minute break. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing uh, and a couple of other things right after the break. We'll see you right after this. This is Simply Andrea, voice actress and gamer. Welcome to Bracago. Welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 311 of the Spawn of Me podcast. If you missed the first half of the show, you are bugging. You need to go back and go check out the rest of what we've already talked about on the show. We had a lot of great conversations about the, the, the mix up, <laughs> the, the way that uh, Bethesda, I'm sorry, the way that Microsoft and, and Twitch have been mixing it up uh, with people going to Mixer. Uh, and Bethesda and 2K talking about some of their mess ups in the past couple of weeks uh, with the launches of their games. Uh, but towards the end of the show, towards the second half of this episode, we want to talk a lot about what we've been playing uh, because there's some really good stuff in the mix right now. Um, it feels like 20, uh, 2019 has been one of the best 
years for gaming. We've said that back in 2017. We kind of said some of that towards the end of 2018 as well. Um, it feels like there's just so many good things that you can dig into right now and how all those things are kind of changing the landscape in the way that we kind of think about games. Um, Outer Worlds has been a very cool experience. I have not played a lot of it uh, because I have been waiting to play it on PC. Uh, as I record this, I am in my back room having just uh, uh, spilled a little bit of coffee into my PC. <laughs> so I'm praying that it makes it through the recording. Uh, we'll see if that if that happens. Plus, my mother-in-law is in town, so I can't really play anything in my back room on my PC. Um, I dug into Outer Worlds on my Xbox. Thank you to whomever made the idea or conceived of the idea of Game Pass because Game Pass is the most underrated subscription service I've seen in a very long time that has given me so much value in the past two months that I am fully on the Game Pass train. I got to download Outer Worlds on my Xbox and my PC. I'm not going to say for free because I paid. I'm playing a, a, a subscription, but it was just there. I hit a button. It was like, yo, install it. You have this membership it is a new brand new $60 game. That is one of the game of the year contenders. And I just hit a button. It was like download and it started and I have it on both of my consoles and I can play it in either spot. I, we had a, we had a, a, a a review copy uh from our folks over private division shout out to private division um on our on my ps3 i mean on my ps4 but i knew that this was going to be a game that i wanted to play on pc like having played it at a demo uh session in a in a, a press a press uh review session uh some months ago when we did that interview i played it on a beefy pc and i sold me on playing this again on a beefy pc um it just looks amazing. It sounds amazing. The world is fantastic. Uh, just the way that the, the game has been written in terms of, you know, how far I've gotten, which is pretty early on. And the, the, the writing is just so spot on and snarky and fun and snappy. You know, all the things that we think about in terms of jank that was in all the, the, the Bethesda games is not there because they're using a different engine. Um, I'm really invested in my companion and trying to figure out you know, how I can figure out, you know, ways that I can work with, with her currently to, to, to make my game experience better. And I'm like kidding her out with cool stuff that's different than mine so that we can have a, a different synergy in the way that we play. Um, and I'm falling in love with the outer worlds right now. I haven't had a chance to play a bunch of it again. Um, I'm super early on in, in what I've been able to check out, but for the most part, I am extremely pleased. I am very happy with what I have so far. Um, and if it continues to go down this road, then I am going to be in even a, a better space uh, to be able to talk about this game in a real way and, and share out some content for that stuff at a later date. Um, one thing I wanted to share is that if you do not have a beefy PC to be able to play this thing, uh, again, I haven't made the comparison on PS4 Pro, but I have, I don't think I've ever seen a game as beautiful on p i'm sorry on my xbox yet i have an xbox one x this thing looks crispy and beautiful and gorgeous and runs fairly well like i'm sure it's going to run better on pc but 
in terms of a console experience, the Xbox One X, if this is going to be what we're going to get with games of this caliber on on a better system on the Xbox platform, and of course, we'll see what happens with the PS5. I am so excited for the next console generation because they're squeezing out some good stuff in terms of visuals here on that platform that are really, really good. Like I was taking so many screenshots, just running around, playing with stuff and hanging out in the world and, and, and exploring and doing some of that stuff. And it, that was a huge, huge, huge thing that I came away with. And I was like, yo, this is, I don't think I've ever seen a game that looks this pretty on a console um, in this way. And it's funny because people have been poo-pooing Xbox of having lost the generation, which in terms of sales, yes, that's a, that's a reasonable thing to say. But I would say in terms of innovation, again, I shared this on some, some episodes ago, in terms of innovation, I feel like Microsoft has done a damn good job in terms of kind of setting themselves up for the next play, right? You have the adaptive, adaptive controller, have game pass on pc and on console you have them even doing small things like adding adding usb camera support to their console so that you could use not just whatever your proprietary camera is on your console uh for streaming uh, just small random things that have been put put into the mix that they have not really you know big themselves up about they're kind of just plodding along to make sure that they're kind of staying relevant but I've been very, very pleased with the, the, the offerings that I've been able to get from uh, Xbox and Microsoft in the latter half of this generation. It just sucks that it, did, that it came so late into the, into the era, but this gives them a great jumping off point for the Scarlet, which will be something that I'm really excited for. I'm like hyped and hope that we get a chance to, to snag another review copy like we did on this, on the, in this generation. Um, It'll be really cool to see what they're going to do in terms of building that stuff out for more uh, games to feel like they have a place there that they can then kind of make the move over into Game Pass and feel like it's being done well. I don't know what the deal was that Obsidian made with uh, the Xbox folks, but I am sure that it's probably paid off in spades right now because of all the good PR that they've been getting. I'm sure that more than one person has bought that game with the, you know, with the information that's been shared out about how good it's been. There's been a really cool, a uh, uh, couple of articles out on Kotaku from Gita Jackson and from Paul Tamayo uh, about just learning how to kind of get into it and how to play it. And, and some of those things. Um, and it feels like at every turn, everyone's talking about how well it is. The one thing I have heard about has been that the subtitles are really small um, and that that has been, you know, not only a, knock on it for for folks from an accessibility standpoint but from people who are you know able to see fairly fairly well it's just like the text is just really small um and you can't really do a bunch with it um i'm hoping that that's something that they'll be able to patch out and fix uh because that's that's that was a thing that even i noticed because i play on my tv and it's not that far away but it's far enough that i had to kind of strain to see things um so we'll see how that works out in the next couple of weeks. And if they figure that out and, and, and make that a thing. Um, and again, like they just built on all the other structures that the previous fallout game has, and they've done it better. You know, VATS is different. It's called basically like a, t- a TDD time dilation, uh, uh, aspect to the game. 
feels way better and smarter. Um, I do miss the like kind of freeze frame where you then stop everything. You kind of pinpoint where it is and you see the percentages and stuff like that stuff is always cool. Um, I have some, some small things I think about in the UI and some of the ways you compare some of the stuff that you do. It's a lot of menus to go through, but I feel like in the grand scheme, it feels really good. Um, and I'm just super excited to jump into more of it. I, I feel like if you're playing it and you want to play more of it, it needs a photo mode, a proper photo mode. Uh, but besides that, like the, I don't have any complaints so far. I haven't found anything that's been super buggy or gross or weird. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to play more of that and I'll continue to talk about that in upcoming shows about what, uh, what else I've been able to see. Um, I jumped into modern warfare, uh, the other night, uh, and I, I went into it and I haven't played the campaign yet. So please don't spoil it for me on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to kind of get some of the sessions in with that, but I, again, also want to play that on PC. Shout out to our folks over at Vi- NVIDIA for, uh, for blessing us uh, with, with codes on that stuff. But also, um, again, like I want to play that on my PC because I want to see all the goodies that they put in with the RTX uh, technology that they've, that they've built. Um, so I will probably will pl- be playing that and have more thoughts about that once I get some, some hands in on that side of the fence. Um, but multiplayer was the first thing I jumped in on. And of course, the the conversation that I'd seen before jumping into to, to multiplayer was that, oh my God, this is the worst. These are the worst maps that have ever been in a, mod- in a modern warfare game. These are all terrible and bad and gross and they suck and they're, they're, they're awful and no one should play it. And, you know, I've had numerous beef with the way that map design has happened in the Call of Duty series for a very long time. Um, there's been the conversations about spawn killing has been the conversations about spawn um, um, AI, basically like, you know, what's the, the way that you spawn in a map and, you know, people wind up popping up behind you and killing you and stuff. I played the game very differently than most people. I am on team camper. I have always been on team camper. Uh, team camper is the best side. Uh, they're like East coast, West coast, best coast. I'm like camper coast is the best coast uh, because I'm old. And uh, I don't want to play fast. I want to play slow. Uh, and this version of Modern Warfare lets you play a little bit slower than you usually would, which I really appreciate. Of course, people will try to bum rush it and try to brute force it into a way that doesn't necessarily work. Um, but I like the fact that the time to kill is pretty slow. I mean, it's, it's pretty high. It's a little bit higher than what it usually is, which is dope. Um, and I really kind of like that. Uh, I also love the fact that the way that they've built out some of the terrain and some of the maps, it makes it more vertical. So you have more places that you can kind of see angles and sight lines and things like that. And I feel like that has been done really, really well. Uh, I, it, it will be really cool to see once people stop kind of like jumping into the fray of it being terrible to see how people have learned the maps and, and all that stuff. Again, like the game has been out a couple days. I don't know how, um, from a company standpoint, you know, what changes would feel like they need to be made so early on that it would kind of uh, change the way you play that game. I hope they don't make a lot of different changes to it. You know, you have to tweak it a little bit based on the game and, you know, based on feedback from people in it. But I don't want them to be. I like the, the, the way that it kind of feels right now. Sure. Again, fights feel kind of lopsided. So every one, every match that I've been in, it's been like either you've done really well or you just haven't. Um, 
I I have turned off crossplay while I play on a console. I will probably turn it on when I'm playing it from a PC uh, because I can't I can't compete with PC players if I'm in the same room as them on console. They just literally they just have an advantage like mouse and keyboard is superior in terms of being able to shoot things fast. It is just that that's the way it is. And I'm, I'm I as a person who wanted to buck against that forever. Like, yo, I could take out a, a PC player. Like, I've done it on Apex. I've done it on some games. I have not tried it yet uh, on console. I mean, on PC with a controller, because that's the way I usually prefer to play. And I will, you know, definitely and absolutely eat crow if that's the case. and I'm able to do well. But for the most part, like, it's it's just easier for me to turn that off and not be as frustrated as I already am with some of the stuff that happens. Uh, to have PC players sniping me from across the map with me just poking my head out. Um, I will say I, I really do like the fact that they have some uh, variations on some of the game types that they've had in the in the past. I feel like they've done some smart things there. 2v2 matches feel really good and, 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 are, and are a lot of fun. They get really sweaty, but they're great, especially if you have people to play with on a consistent basis. Um what else is there? I really like the gunsmith stuff. I think that stuff is really cool. Um, the one thing I'm really actually the most excited about again is single player. I want to check out that campaign because I'm hearing so many different things. Um, and, and I want to see how they treat it. How they, how they, you know, if they give that tone that they've been talking about, I've heard, you know, varying degrees of yes and no about that from other people in the space um, about how they feel towards that game and, you know, what they've thought about, you know, how they implement the kind of, more somber adult I'm putting my hands in air quotes adult tone on that game. So it'll be cool to see what they do with that space. Um, and I'll report back as soon as I, as soon as I have more info, uh, about modern warfare from that perspective. Um, last game that I got a chance to check out, um, shouldn't say game that I got to check out, but last mode that I got to check out was I finally ran the raid this week in destiny two, uh, with Shadowfall, And, it is one of the most beautiful uh, raids that I've been in so far. Um, shout out to uh, the rest of the boss monsters uh, clan that I run with. Um, and it is gorgeous. It is stunningly beautiful. Like the way that they've done some of the work on that, especially again on PC, it's like really, really pretty. Um, what I like most about it right now is like they've done the can't they've done the the raid in a way where it feels like it is less puzzly and less like they fit out a, a really good mix of puzzle and shooting ads and kind of stuff like that. It feels like you can have a role, you can do your role well, but if you need to switch off, you can do that stuff and it not, doesn't feel like a huge uh, a drop, especially if you have folks who kind of know what they're doing in that space. Like I was always intimidated to kind of not do the one thing I was good at in most raids. And in this raid, I don't feel that way. Like, I feel like I can jump in and try to do both. Um, I have not done both depending upon the encounter, uh, not done both sides of what you need to do. But I feel like at this point that I know my part well, it can execute fairly well on what I'm trying to do, which feels great. Like you feel like you don't, uh, you aren't pulling your team down and you're also not feeling like you're, uh, you know, not, not pulling your weight in the same way. Cause once you feel like you're not pulling your weight, then it really becomes a time, a time effort thing. And once you feel like you're not doing well, other people start to like worry about you taking up their time, which feels gross. It sucks. I hate that part about rating. 
It's like if you're not really on point and you're learning it, there's a really small margin for error before people start to think of you as dead weight and don't really give you the amount of grace to be able to do that. Maybe that's part of just the folks in my clan, even though my clan has been pretty, pretty, pretty okay about it. Uh, but it makes me wish that there were multiple clans that you could join just for the sake of being able to run stuff with more people. Like you can run it solo with as a solo person jumping into somebody else's group, but it's not as fun as the camaraderie parts are really what make raids great. Um, and if you don't have another squad that you can run with, especially because most of the facts, most of the folks that I run with are on East coast time. So when I get home, they're about to go to bed. They'll raid around five, 5 PM EST. By that point, I'm still at work. So I can't even run until later that week or maybe on the weekend if people are doing late, uh, late runs or something like that. Nevertheless, getting more than one run in in a week. Um, so that was really me, just me crying out for a new clan. Um, <laughs> but uh, having played through it and gotten to the last boss, we haven't finished the last boss on my run. Um, it is one of the best raids that, that Destiny has ever put out. I feel like it is one of the coolest versions of a raid that they've put out. They've done such a good job in terms of uh, listening to the audience and feeling like now with the armor 2.0 stuff that you can actually tune your gear towards doing well in a raid as opposed to just, you know, getting what you usually think as the things that will push out the most damage. Um, yes, there's an aspect of that, but also there's stuff in there that's like, hey, I want to just have more survivability and I'll be able to tweak towards that uh, if I'm, uh, you know, kind of squishy as a hunter, uh, which we all are as hunters. Um, it, it will be really cool to see how they build upon this for the next amounts of content that they have. Um, but, I, but I also do wish that it's like they still have that thing where the meta becomes the meta and the meta becomes the meta because it is the highest DPS that you can do and how much damage you can put out uh, per encounter. So that means that stuff that people are currently using, if I didn't do those quests way back in the day, like the Izanagi quest for that sniper rifle, which now is the sniper rifle that everybody's using, I have to then figure out a substitute for whatever that may be that may not help my team as well um, get a thing done. So uh, that is a thing that I'm thinking about a lot, and I just don't have the time or necessarily the want to figure out how to do those things if I can, if I can help it. Like, I don't want to run that long-ass quest. Even though that sniper is dope, I don't want to run that long-ass quest to be able to feel competent in the raids that I'm doing. So um, that's the thing I'm sure that they have been thinking about. Bungie is, is full of smart people. Shout out to Lisa Brown, again, who we love as a Bracago resident here who is one of the main folks making great content on that game alongside numerous, numerous, numerous other people. But we know Lisa, we love Lisa. So whatever. Um, the last thing uh, before we go for episode 311 uh, is that I have finished. Uh, I am one of the few people in the world who has finished Death Stranding, Kojima's new joint. Um, as of last week, Friday, I finished that game. Um, I can't talk about it yet. Uh, due to uh, MB, uh, NDA and embargo. Uh, but on November 1st, uh, you will be able to read my review. Um, and if I can get, if my computer doesn't die because I spilled coffee in it, uh, I will have a 20 minute video that will go out um, on our YouTube channel uh, that same day or the day afterward. Uh, I just need time to cut it together and do the scripting and all that stuff. Um, but 
I have to say that I'm really excited and thank you one. Thank you to the Hollywood reporter for the opportunity, uh, connecting us with the folks over at Sony. And, and it's been the second time that I've had the chance to work with uh, the folks over at the Hollywood reporter, which again is a huge name in the space. And I feel really blessed to be able to have done something over there again for such a huge game. Um, it's been really great in terms of the experiences that I've had with those folks in, in terms of, you know, discussing strategy about like how we want to put out the, the content that we want to do together and them giving me the, the chance to actually do that stuff um, has been really, really cool. So November 1st, make sure you're checking out the Hollywood Reporter. I'll be linking that stuff on our social feeds as well. And then I'll talk about it more once the embargo is, has lifted on the 1st and then Sony has kind of asked people to kind of wait until after the 11th of November to really dig into conversations around that time. So I'm looking to see if we can team up with some folks and have a death stranding, uh, round table, uh, round table spoiler discussion. So again, if you haven't played it, um, by that point, you may want to skip that episode or you may want to still share it out because please share it out, uh, when that actually goes down. But who knows at that point, like how many people would have actually finished it besides people in the press anyway. So um, you may see me try to jump on somebody else's podcast and talk about it, too, uh, to get my thoughts and feels out in the world about that game, because there are lots of thoughts and feels about that game in many, many directions. Um, and I'm really excited to start the process of talking about that thing, because I've been holding on to it for almost a month at this point. Um, so. Besides that, the one other thing that uh, two other things I want to talk about real quick. One, we uh, have our listener survey, our audience survey that is pinned to my pinned tweet on both of our social media feeds uh, on the Spawn of Me one and the uh, and my personal one, Kajakins on Twitter. If you are a Bracago resident, please fill that out for us. Um, one of the conversations that I keep having with people about what we want to do for the show and how we want to grow it and get in front of more people. And also how we want to kind of bridge out Spawn for Good, which we're going to be doing another version of Spawn for Good in early. Hopefully we'll be doing it before the end of the year, but if not, we'll definitely be doing it in our usual MLK spot uh, in 2020 in January. Um, is that we need to know all the information that we possibly can about our audience so that we can share that information with potential sponsors, potential people that we want to partner with potential people that you want to collaborate, uh, collaborate with that. I said that in the wrong tense, uh, in the, in the wrong cadence. Um, but it is really important that as a show, we get to showcase that how diverse our community is and how big it is and how many people are repping from, uh, marginalized groups. Because again, like people don't think of our groups as actual groups that they need to cater to. You don't think of our groups in, in terms of, sections of the gaming community that they need to actually like not, not even monetize, but to, to, to advertise towards, to, to, to think about us in a real way as a, as a, as a block. Right. Um, and of course we have various different needs and various different wants in our s different sections of what we all represent. But as Bracago wins <laughs> as, a, as people who like and, and love what we do here at spawn on me, it infinitely helps me do my job. And it infinitely helps me to, to signal boost what we're doing in our spaces. And it infinitely helps me to be able to do more of those stuff that I've been trying to do uh, that will wind up getting into your ears or into your eyes at some point. So please fill that thing out. I think currently we only had like 30 or 40 maybe responses. And I know that there are way more people in Chicago than that. 
my hope is for us to get to a couple of hundred responses so we'll have a nice kind of uh broad swath of info and data to pull in um but besides that like again thank you so much for doing that uh secondarily uh i'll be pushing out a newsletter every two weeks i'm probably going to start next week uh or i should say this week as, as you're hearing this on tuesday uh that'll basically be a little bit of um some thoughts from behind the scenes stuff um i get a lot of questions that i don't get to answer on twitter or on the show and some of those will be kind of filtered through there and it will wind up as topics for that particular newsletter so one of the things that people have constantly asked me about is music you know how do you do music on your show you know what is what are some of the things you're thinking about when it comes to making music that isn't using licensed music for your content and some of that is really difficult um and i go into detail about at least a couple of ways that i've been able to get around that um that you'll be able to use as a podcaster or content creator yourselves um, and I feel like it's worked well for us and you'll be able to use it for your, for yourselves as well. So, um, I'll be putting out a, a link to that. Uh, so you'll be able to subscribe to that and it'll be bi-weekly. Uh, it'll give me a chance to kind of sit and ball over some of the things I need to talk about and, and, and flesh that out in a real way. So I would love if you um, signed up for that too. And lastly, before we go, it has been so nice to be able to see so many folks rocking Bracago merch over the past name like heavy hitters too like greg, greg miller was doing his thing rocking a spawn of me shirt on kind of funny robin honicky geo geo corsi was rocking a joint um we had so many folks in the community rocking stuff and sharing it out over social media um it, it really does make me feel so special to see people rocking stuff like that uh we'll have a sale tomorrow uh on wednesday that's going up as well so if you want to cop a joint uh, everything will be 35% off there. So, um, and we're still bridging out to our new revamp on Twitch too. So that should be coming in the next couple of weeks. We're almost there in terms of getting all the new art and stuff ready for the show. Um, I'm really hoping to do something different with the way that we present the podcast to you all, um, in a visual, uh, aesthetic standpoint. And I'm hoping that it works again. Like, you know, it always is a, a little bit of, um, trial and error and getting things right with technical difficulties and all the things that come along with that. But also like you know, the format will change a little bit in terms of the show. Uh, we'll have some dedicated segments that will be in every show uh, that will, that will kind of cater uh, things to. And if that's, that's step one, step two is trying to make the show a little bit more interactive as well. Um, and there'll be more information about that stuff. Once I get my hands on the, t the tools and the tech to be able to get some of that to work. So be excited about that stuff too, because it's hopefully going to go down and it'll be something that again, like we'll get to say as usual, if we're not doing dope stuff, then you know, why do it uh, here on Spawn Me? So um, until then, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all so much for giving me your ears for this week and every week. Uh, we want to make sure that this is the best show that we can for you all at home uh, and hope that you keep rocking with us here uh, in all the spaces that you do. Uh, because it does mean very, 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 very much to me uh, and my fam and, and the rest of the crew here in Chicago. So mad love to you all out there. Stay safe. Be well out there. Keep giving people and supporting people and showing people love. Uh, it makes me so happy to be able to see people doing that work out here, too. Um, and until then, yo, we'll see you here next week and we say peace. 
The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say... Peace.